Welcome to the latest episode of Schneps Connects. The New York's funniest stand-up competition recently celebrated its 15th year as part of the annual New York Comedy Festival, both founded by Caroline Hirsch. The event was open to any and all comedians who think they have what it takes to be the New York's funniest, and previous winners have gone on to become some of the biggest names in comedy. The 10 finalists performed a 10-minute set in front of a panel of comedy industry judges at the venue at Hard Rock Hotel. The event has become the city's premier stand-up comedy competition, shining a spotlight on some of the stand-up's best up-and-coming comedians, and many of them have become true celebrity comedians, including Michael Che, Tim Dillon, and many others. With me today is this year's winner, Matt Koff. He's an award-winning TV writer and stand-up comic, winning an Emmy for his work on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. His debut comedy album, Who's My Little Guy, is out on 800 Pound Gorilla Records. As a stand-up, Matt has appeared on Comedy Central, WMYC, WFMU, and The History Channel. Matt has also written for The Onion and the White House Correspondence Dinner, hosted by Trevor Noah. He also co-created the Twitter sensation, Trump Comedy Nerd. So welcome, Matt. Thanks for uh, being on the show today. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. So I have to ask you, I mean, how does it feel to be the winner of this iconic New York's funniest stand-up competition? It's got to be a lot of pressure uh, competing in something like that. You know, yeah, it was a lot of pressure, but it was a lot of fun. And I just, yeah, just tried to have fun. And in my mind, I was like, well, I'm probably just going to lose and life will go back to the way it had before. And yeah, I don't know. I guess that helped take the pressure off. And then when I saw that I was going first 3.30 show, generally the audience is not warmed up at the beginning of the show. So I was like, I guess I'm definitely going to lose. So I just kind of went in there, had fun and tried to take the pressure off. And it was surprisingly fun. I don't usually do comedy during the day. Yeah, apparently yourself early. It's always my dream to like host a like a comedy show, like a live stand up show that happened in the morning. But I feel like people don't generally want to see comedy in the morning. I don't know where it is, but it always goes along with cocktails, right? I'm not exactly sure why. Yeah, not Bloody Marys, but late night cocktails. Yeah, I don't know why. One day I'm going to change that. So talk a little bit about your material, like where you get it and what you think about when you get up on stage? I get my material, well, because I write for The Daily Show, I try not to touch political stuff because that's my day job and it's uh, (laughs) often depressing. You know, I write jokes about depressing things during the day. And at night, I like to talk about my cat. Yeah, I have a cat. My cat named Ardsley, named after my hometown, Ardsley, New York, up in Westchester. And a lot of things, just like anecdotes from, you know, I used to work at the Newlywed Game, which is a, a game show. I talk about sure. that. Just fun, whatever occurs to me, you know, there's no mission statement about like a topic, but generally it's just stuff that's taken from my own life. And I don't know, I make it funny. And, you know, I tend to write short jokes or often they start long and I try to shrink them down. And I think the short style joke, you know, kind of helped me. With a contest, because if you write short jokes, you can get more laughs per second, you know? I give comedians a lot of credit, because it's hard enough to get up on stage to be a part of a show or to act. But when you're in comedy, man, it's just you up there. You and and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I I was never somebody who just kind of gravitated toward the stage. But I think I became a good enough joke writer. Then I had confidence. So I was a writer first, and then a performer second. So... I always felt that if my jokes were good, I didn't have that much of a problem getting on stage. But if I feel like I don't have anything, then it's 
sometimes hard for me to wing it. For sure. Listen, I guess having material is the best part of the act, right? Yeah. I mean, it's fun to make things up too, but you know, you got to have something to fall back on in terms of jokes, stuff you know works. So, so material can come from anyone. Had the comedy first get on your radar? I mean, did you know about it just by being a part of the industry or was it something that someone passed on to you, both the festival and competition? Well, I feel like if you're in New York, everybody knows about the New York Comedy Festival. It seems like they have like a million shows during the whole thing. And I've never actively sought out being part of the festival. Uh, Maybe because I am lazy in a certain way. I just sort of wait for people to ask for me to do things. and. That's what happened here. His name is uh, Mark Hirschfeld. He was one of the judges, and he saw me do stand-up this summer when I was on strike, and he really liked my stand-up. He recommended me to Louis Ferranda, who runs the Comedy Fest, and Louis saw a tape of mine and was like, oh, you're really funny. Would you like to be part of the festival? And yeah, that, that was basically how it happened. I mean, that's always what you're hoping for when you perform. You're hoping somebody will see you and give you an opportunity, and yeah. Most of the time it doesn't happen. Most of the time you just do it. You get some laughs, hopefully. And But sometimes that's why it's always good to, you know, take every gig seriously. You never know who's going to be there. This wasn't even in New York. This was in Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, so certainly I would have guessed that it wouldn't matter at all because nothing matters in Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, <laughs> you know, maybe New Jersey, but Pennsylvania, <laughs> they got Amish people. No, I'm just, I'm just teased. I love Pennsylvania, you know? I love a good cheesesteak. Yeah, it was just kind of luck. You know, not only luck, but it was, you know, if somebody happens to see you has power, that's always luck. So, you know, you said that you got up there kind of earlier in the day. You weren't used to that. I'm sure when you get up there, you kind of get a vibe whether or not the audience is into it, whether or not you're really capturing people's attention, they're laughing, et cetera. But at what point did you realize, hey, you know what? I might win this thing. Well, I guess I just didn't allow myself to even think that I would win it. I don't know. I just... My mom is always saying, hope for the best, expect the worst. So I just... Were you surprised? I was surprised. Yeah, I really was. Because, I mean, there were so many good comedians on there. Yeah. And one, and I saw my picture projected on the screen, and I was like, just, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's not that I'd never want anything, but, you know, win stuff a lot. So Caroline gave me this award, and I was just like, I really, I don't know, I... I was in shock and then she handed me the mic and she stepped away and I was like, oh, fuck, I guess I I should have prepared a speech or something. I just, I don't know. I didn't prepare anything. And now I regret it because I feel like I could have said a couple things, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever Um, comes naturally when you're a winner, you know, I mean, it must have been a little inspiring, honestly, to win a competition that some big names have won, like Michael Che and Ricky Velez. But I mean, how did it feel to kind of be amongst that group? It felt great. I think I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder because, you know, there's like stuff. I think I've always just been like, I feel accomplished as a, you know, a comedy writer. You know, I've written for The Daily Show for 10 years. And but by this point, like, I know I can do that. I've been here very long, but I've always wanted to like do more performing and be recognized as like a stand up. And I feel like this is like some real recognition, which is really nice, you know. So my day often will look like, you know, I'm at The Daily Show. It's pretty cool. There's a studio. It's a big deal. And then I will go to like some shitty open mic in Brooklyn. (laughs) And it's just like, I always felt that as a a writer, I had made it. But as a stand-up, nobody really gave. I don't know if I can. Can I curse? Of course you can. 
okay, nobody gave a fuck <laughs> about my stand-up. So this is the first time that it feels like, I don't know, you're like, oh, you're good at this. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, what would your co-writers have to say? Well, now every time I make a joke in a meeting, they'll be like, oh, that's from New York's funniest. And I'm like, oh, I guess I should have made the joke funnier. It's actually probably been a net loss, I would say. More pressure. Uh, <laughs> more pressure be like, oh, wow. I would have thought that New York's funniest, everything he would say is really funny. And the fact is, is that I think you can only get really funny by saying a lot of unfunny things. And hopefully, <laughs> you know, some of those things are funny. But sometimes I want to be like, look, you know, they didn't test at every single person in New York City. It was just 10 people. I'm sure there's people who are funnier than me. <laughs> I had a joke. I was like, like, how am I going to explain to Chris Rock that I'm now the funniest person in New York City? It's right. going to be very awkward. I'll have to get used to it, you know. You know, you talked about how you saw that one person and that one person opened up a door for you. I mean, what opportunities do you think will come from this? I mean, I know you didn't, doesn't sound like you did it for that because you didn't even really think you were going to win. But now that you did, what kind of opportunities do you think it can create for you? Is it making you think differently about what opportunities might be available for you in stand-up? Yeah, I have thought a little bit differently about that. I think a big thing is, uh, you know, I would like to do more headlining dates, road work. And I think this is a great credit to just be like, hey, you know, New York is the top destination for stand-up. And yes. just be like, well, I'm the funniest in New York, according to these <laughs> these industry folks. I mean, I think that'll give me some real cred. So I already had a plan to do a special. and. Possibly I could work with the festival on that and figure that out. So that was something that was already in the works just because it felt like it was time. I already did an album. I'd never done a special. So it would be cool to have the festival involved in that regard. Other than road work and special, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, in comedy, I think I would like to just do a lot of stuff. You know, if my profile continued to rise, you know, it'd be fun to write a book want to do special, just more opportunities. I mean, ultimately, I'm just like, I'm not really looking to get famous. I'm looking to just kind of keep working. That's all I really ever want to do. I just love doing stand-up, you know. Listen, it's fortunate to be able to do what you love and you're doing it and I'm successful, yeah. which is amazing. I feel like that's where just opportunity comes to you probably. And, you know, being able to see what those opportunities are takes you down a different path. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I've never really operated with like a plan, like in comedy <laughs> at all. I never really thought that I would write for The Daily Show because I've never been super political. I thought maybe I would write for Conan, but, you know, I just ended up writing for The Daily Show. And it's just sort of like, I just have always just kind of put my work out there and hopefully people respond to it and people have. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just, just having fun doing it. And yeah, I probably should have more of a plan, but I have <laughs> hopes. I don't have a plan. Something tells me that a lot of comedians don't have business plans written out. <laughs> no, no. I really wish I was better at business, but uh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, no, I you know, I think a lot of them are just a mess like me, you know. <laughs> That's why you're so talented. <laughs> Maybe. Come I don't from know. Somewhere. That's for sure. I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Talk a little bit about social media. I'm curious, how does it play? I mean, obviously, I'm in media. We get, you know, social media is a way to reach a lot of people. But I'm curious in comedy, like how important is social for you in terms of reaching your audience or getting your name out there or testing jokes? How do you look at social media for yourself? I used to be very involved, like with Twitter, just like posting jokes all the time. And I think that really helped me develop my voice because, you know, I do tell a lot of one-liners and I think being forced to 
compress your jokes into 140 characters really helped me just hone that craft. Mm. Now it's more like less about Twitter, it feels like, and more about like posting videos online. Yeah. I don't really do it. I it's think like another job. <laughs> it's another job. And then the thing is, I have a job in comedy. So I'm like, right. it's like one of these things where I'm like, oh, yeah, you got to post a video. I should do that. And, but, you know, then you see people stand up as their main source of income. And of course, they're just doing it every day. Or, you know, but I'm just like, I think another thing is that it's like, I get embarrassed to post things that I don't think are like finished. And I feel like it takes me a long time to write a joke. So if something is just kind of like, a joke that's half done. I don't really want to post it, but I feel like people just do that or they post like crowd work or something. But mm -hmm. I prefer if the joke is really good before I, everyone sees it. So, but I've been told I have to kind of get over that and just post whatever. So <laughs> maybe that'll be my next. Well, I don't know, day, man. Whatever, whatever you're doing, it's working for you. So sometimes yeah. you mess with it. I mean, I guess that's how I feel. I'll just be like, well, I know I need to post on social media more, but look at my award. Right. Look yeah. at it. Yeah what, about, yeah. what about people up and coming in both, you know, writing and comedy? What kind of advice could you give to, to people that are trying to get into the industry? Social media, I think, is like way more important than when I started. You know, like when I applied to The Daily Show, it was 2012. And, you know, Instagram hadn't really become a thing, certainly not for comedy videos. But I think in general, it's just like really try to find your own voice. And if you ever get a chance to submit you know, writing for a TV show, you want to be really in touch with your voice. Like if you're submitting a packet for, say, Jimmy Fallon, you don't want to just write jokes that sound like Jimmy Fallon. You want to be like, what is Matt Koff's version of like Jimmy Fallon or Josh Sheff's version of that? Yeah. And so, because they already have a lot of writers who can write for Fallon, but what are you bringing? So your own, like, you know, I love cats. So in my daily show packet, I mentioned, like, I wrote a bit about cats, which I never saw any cat bits on the daily show, but I wrote it because I'm like, I like cats. I think they're funny. And if you think they're funny, then hire me. And I guess they did. You know, I said it worked for BuzzFeed. They started off with all cats videos. <laughs> oh, did they? Well, there you go. Yeah. See, cats are the key. Yeah. And uh, well, that's writing. And I think stand up, it's just like, I, you know, I think just do it a lot. And I think a lot of people are like, well, I want to try stand up and they take a class or they go to a couple open mics and they're like, well, that didn't work. I wasn't good. You have to really kind of like make it your life. And I mean, even now, add up everything. I'm probably losing money doing stand up. <laughs> like it's, it's, you can't really do it for money. You have to like it. And some people I feel like do stand up and they don't even really like it. But if you don't like it and you're not making money, then I don't know. You have to like something first. Yeah. David Lynch, he was like, if you don't have fun making a movie and then the movie fails, then you fail twice. So I've really tried to just like enjoy the whole thing. Stand up in New York, especially, is hard. Being a stand up is hard. So you have to find a way to have fun, you know? Yeah, New Yorkers will tell you if they don't think it's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, they will definitely. Or really, they won't say anything and they'll just stare at you and they'll be mad. Right. That's one thing about comedy, too. It's like the one art form where people really get mad at you if you're not doing a good job. I feel, you know, like, yeah, you go, you see a painting in a museum, you're like, that doesn't do anything for me. You walk, but like, I don't know. People are just like, well, you're wasting my time. That's how it feels like when you're not doing well telling jokes. Yeah. You know? What would you say are maybe just a couple of comedians that you look up to? Maybe it's like somebody from a past generation and like a current comedian. Are there any particular ones that you kind of like really either? Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, I have a bunch. I really think that like Larry David is, I mean, he's not necessarily <laughs> known for his stand up, 
but I just think his jokes are so specific and so funny and Curb is just so ridiculous. That to me is like the comedy North Star. Currently, I don't know. I think a friend of mine, Joe Firestone, I think is so funny and she's always trying new things. She just wrote a book called Murder on Sex Island. She's great. And I really like comedians who take risks and maybe do stand up, but also do other stuff. And, you know, that's her. Like, I like when people like stretch themselves and branch out. Yeah. So those are, those are two names. Yeah. So obviously it's great to talk to you, but if, if I want, or if anybody wants to, to watch you perform that, where can we find out more about like any of your upcoming acts or when you do, you know, sign up to perform somewhere, where would you announce it? Well, if you follow me on Instagram at Matt Koff, M-A-T-T-K-O-F-F, that's usually where I post shows. I host a show at Caveat on the Lower East Side with Matt Goldich, and that is a new joke night. It's called Pencils Down. TV writers try out new material. You know, we've had a lot of great acts. We just had Janine Garofalo, Roy Wood Jr. Oh, very There's cool. always, yeah, really getting really good guests because... There's one thing that comics in New York need. It's like a place to try out new jokes. And uh, where is that venue? That? That's on Rivington Street. It's on the Lower East Side. I wish I could tell the exact address, but no, happy on Lower East Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so that, that's the first of every month. Oh, the first of every month. Yeah, yeah. I co-host it with Matt Goldich, who writes for uh, Seth Meyers. That's awesome. You know, really funny comic, also. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to come check you guys out. Yeah, please do. It'd be great to have you there. Well, congratulations. Uh, you know, I'm really excited for you to hear that, you know, first of all, you won this, but, you know, most importantly, that it opens up other doors for you. And I know how hard it is, honestly, to be a comic. And it sounds like you have a lot of great success as a writer. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's really exciting. I'm excited for the future. It's pretty cool. I'll yeah, be looking out you, for you. My pleasure. Thank you, Josh. Thank you Our, yeah, great talking to you. Likewise. Thanks for listening in to the Schneps Connects podcast. You can hear any of our podcasts at podcast.schnepsmedia.com or stream us on all major podcast networks. <laughs>